I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Baskin and Phelps. Big day. Big day. Coordinators are speaking in Berea. Inspiring us to think about our coordinators a little bit. We're going to hear a couple of their thoughts and do a little coordinator chat, Andy, because I think it's kind of a, it's an interesting time for that. Mandy Bell is going to talk a little Guardians with us at 1220. We're going to hear from Browns players, assuming Deshaun Watson will be one of them. We'll see, assuming. That's coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. I'm Jeff Phelps. My buddy is Andy Baskin. Alex Van Pelt is the offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Joe Woods is the defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Mike Prefer, special teams coach, special teams coordinator, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And and Joe Woods has been the topic of conversation for a while. Will he, won't he be back? The defense, I think it's regressed. Is it on Joe? You know, I would think that the defense is a situation, Andy, where if Joe Woods, and we're going to get into Joe more so in a minute, but if Joe returns, to me that points a finger at, at management then. Okay, then you're not blaming Joe. Then there's got to be a little bit of blame here. Some of it's on injury. Some of it might be on not having defensive tackles. Maybe Andrew Barry will have to take a longer look at his approach to adding to his football team in the offseason. If you think Joe Woods did a good enough job with what you gave him that he returns. But I thought about Alex Van Pelt this morning. And he's the offensive coordinator. He's a former NFL quarterback. He's been around. He's coached a long time. And he's the offensive coordinator. And like some offensive coordinators, he doesn't call plays. And I thought, if you're Alex Van Pelt and Kevin Stefanski's calling the plays, and that's happened for three years now, you sticking around? Or do you think for me to make the next move I need to make in my coaching career, I need to go call plays somewhere. I need to be that guy. And I, I wonder if he's happy here in the role that he's in, because Andy, I think the offense has been pretty good. And he's been a part of that without calling the plays. Uh, I'm gone. If I'm him, if I have the opportunity to move up, that's a that's a promotion to be able to call the plays as the offensive coordinator. So if someone's knocking on his door, how do you not say yes? And the Browns have to let him interview for a job if they're going to let him. Uh, if it's a promotion where you're an offensive coordinator who actually gets to call plays, right? That's a promotion. We're not we're not making something up here. 
So if I was Alex well, and I, I had the opportunity, I guess technically I'd be, it is. You're right. I'd be gone in a minute. Now you may have to rename it to off or head, assistant head coach offense or something like that to come up with a title that might make it seem like it's bigger a than promotion. It is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, goodbye. See you later. I, why would you? I mean, why? Especially for a guy that was a quarterback in the league, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, he knows how to change plays on the fly while he's out on the field. Whether he was a great NFL quarterback or not, that doesn't make a difference. He's been in the spot and understands what it takes. And he did a great job while Kevin was sitting in the basement for a game. He absolutely did. So why would you, I mean, although I'm sure a lot of it was scripted when he did that. And he also had the the gift of a snap that went over someone's head. I mean, and and gave it, you know, it's one thing to have to call plays under pressure. When you have a big lead, you can call, you're just calling a much different game, right? There's no pressure Mm -hmm. to make sure that every play performs. So... Um, if I was Alex Van Pelt, I'd be. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't leave if you had the chance to call plays? But if you were, I, I think the other question well, here is: maybe, maybe is if he, Kevin, if Kevin really likes him, would he be willing to say, you know what, I am going to let him call plays, and I'm just going to take a bigger to, look at this to thing. keep my offensive coordinator. That's right. I want to keep this guy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the approach that maybe I should step up and step up, and meaning I'm going to take full control of all three phases of the game. Because one of the reasons we're not in the playoffs right now is that all for, all three phases of the game were never in sync early on in the season. And there still might not. You'd still say they're not all in sync. But it was one phase of the game here, one phase of the game there, one phase of the game won you the first week of the season. Mm-hmm. But that also failed you down the road. I, I don't think I, – I think that Stefanski has an, an option uh, just where he can – he, he can step back and say, look, I want to make sure this is better, so I'm going to take play calling off my off my hands. And if he thinks Van Pelt is the right guy to call plays in his offense, it's not like he's not still going to be working on the plays every week. Still not like he's not going to be designing plays every week. He'll still be doing that. And it's also not like he can't overrule a call during the middle of a game. A head coach should be able to do that on, on all three sides of the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning if you want an onside kick or something. So, you know, I think it's a good option for Kevin, especially if he likes his coordinator and he wants to continue to work with him. At some point, you've got to give him a chance to advance. Otherwise, he's going to be gone. I don't think there's any question. You remember Van Pelt called the plays in the playoff, playoff game, game against Absolutely. Pittsburgh yep. and did really well. And then, But then again, let's remember, Browns had a lead in that game, and well, I think you're calling plays a little bit more relaxed when they, you have a lead. They did have 48 points, though. And then and Kevin missed that game because of COVID. And then the same thing happened the following season against the Raiders, and they put up 14 points. Baker Mayfield missed that game uh, also with with COVID. And so, you know, it's not as if Alex has called plays twice and the Browns have lit up the scoreboard twice. But I've always thought the mind of a quarterback calling plays, Sandy, is a little different than the mind of anybody else calling plays. I agree. And I, I wonder if you're Van Pelt, now, let's let's keep this in mind. I, I don't know what his salary is, but it's good. You don't if you're a coordinator in the National Football League, you're making good money. There are only 32 of those jobs, whether you're calling the plays or not. You're making a lot of money, and you have a very rare job, and so you don't just bolt. But if somebody else came calling, and asked him, you know, to come in and run their offense and call the plays. And as you said, made it some type of a title 
where you could go ahead and make that move, I think you'd have to be really tempted. I don't know if Alex personally. I think it's a no-brainer. If someone came in and asked me to do it, I'd be gone. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you want because because he might really like it here. Might really. There's a lot to be said for working where you like. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But I got to think if you're an offensive coordinator, your goal is to be in a place where you can call the plays consistently. And and because that's going to lead you to head coach's job. Well, I was going to say, does he want to be a head coach? I don't know the answer to that. It seems like most everybody who's coaching in the NFL wants to be a head coach or at least get a shot to do it once. Or at least get paid for a year to be a head coach. At least get paid to be a head coach. And I think the best way to become a head coach is to, what, probably end up being as a coordinator who calls the plays. So I... That's an aspect of this whole thing with Kevin calling plays and everybody screaming, give up play calling because you should do this other stuff. You should be looking at the defense and special. Okay, that, that's, that's an argument. But the argument could end up being, do you want to retain your offensive coordinator? Maybe you need to give up a play calling duty to do that. I've always thought that that's been a parachute for any head coach. That if you want to get in the position where people might start pointing fingers at you and you want to, I mean, this is the opposite of it. If you wanted to keep a coordinator, then you would give them the opportunity to do a little bit more. And I don't think there's, I, again, I think Kevin needs to take a bigger picture role with this thing. And I don't know if it's being stubborn or if it's well, but just the, what a head coach wants to do. But, like, I still but remember Andy, it's worked. Okay. Let's it. Is no, it? They're not in the playoffs. No, but I think the offense has been pretty good this year especially considering you started the season without your starting quarterback. It's still a failure year. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, they should have made I, the playoffs. I agree with you. So in the National Football League, unless you know you're completely in a, for instance, is this a failure year for the Houston Texans? I doubt it. They are one of the few teams that went into this season, I would assume, Andy, with the notion of, yeah, we're just trying to, to rebuild here and you know, we'll see if we can win some games. That rarely happens in the NFL. You know, in you see teams in the NFL turn it around pretty quickly. And so very rarely is a team in that situation where, okay, it doesn't, doesn't matter if we don't make the playoffs this year. And there are enough teams now that get into the playoffs, you know, almost half the league, that that has to be your goal. So with that in mind, I can see where it's a failure of a year. You didn't make the playoffs, sure. I, I would agree with that. But – there can still be successes in a failure of a year. For instance, Corey Bohorquez. He's he's been a, a success. Nick Chubb's been a success. Uh, should you know individuals has the offensive unit been a success to something where you know? And if it hasn't, well, then is that on Alex Van Pelt? You know, we're assuming that. You know, you're assuming that, okay, well, if the offense hasn't been good, then Kevin hasn't been good enough of calling plays. Well, maybe it's been the other way around. Maybe the offensive work that's getting done during the week hasn't been good enough for Kevin on game day. I, I doubt that that's the case. But, you know, since since we know where it is, we don't know exactly what, you know, where to point any fingers or to aim the conversation. News out of the Buffalo Bills regarding DeMar Hamlin. Per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. Hello. His lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. That is from the Buffalo Bills. 
Uh, one of his teammates is also saying right now that DeMar is awake. Kair Elam is saying that he is awake, uh, showing more signs of improvement as well, who is a rookie uh, for the Buffalo Bills. So good news seems to be coming out of the DeMar Hamlet situation. The neurological information one more time, Dan. If you have it right in front of you still, can you repeat that line? I do not. Hang okay, on. Sorry about that. No, sorry. all good. Per physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. Bingo. That, Andy, that's the question that was in the back of everybody's mind. Was there a brain damage because of a lack of oxygen while he... Well, that's CPR for you, man. Yeah. That's how you get an oxygen of the brain. So wow. you talk about miracles. Wow. Wow. That's, that's great news. Let's see. It's, it's one out, day at a time, though. I will say that. It's one day at a time. That is outstanding. So but that is good positive news. Yep. So stay tuned. If we get any more information, any more updates, you'll certainly hear it right here on 92.3 The Fan. Coordinators are, are speaking. Had a thought about Alex Van Pelt. I'm going to talk a little Joe Woods. We may hear from the coordinators coming up. It's Baskin and Phelps right here on The Fan. Brown's defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, is in the midst of his press conference right now. Let's, let's dip in and take a listen. To that, that, you know, you good in the second half, but you had those struggles early in the season. You know, I, I think it goes back to when you have some new players. I think when you put the scheme together, you're really trying to figure out what they do well, um, what works for you defensively. And week in and week out, you're playing different teams, different schemes. And I think that was big for us this year. There were some things that we were doing that we weren't having a lot of success with that we had success with in the past. And I think we had to adjust. And I think we did that. And, again, halfway through the season, I think we're playing better. We didn't win the amount of games that we want, wanted to, but I, I do feel like we started playing better defensively. Given, has that discussion happened at all? Have you been given any reassurances that you will have that opportunity to come back and uh, see this third? No. No, I'm sure you know we're gonna have those discussions after, after the season, like we do every year. That's it. And that's the answer question we were looking for. There it is, Mary Kay and Daryl Ryder asking Joe about his situation and his defense, and Joe saying thinks the defense played better later on. I'd agree with that. I agree with that too. Part of it might be that you played the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens without Lamar Jackson. You played a Tampa Bay team that did have Tom Brady, but hadn't been doing really well on offense. They've improved. I, I do think Joe's right. I think the defense was better. There are other circumstances involved, and they'll have that conversation about his future moving forward. That would stink, sitting there every day and getting questions and you know, knowing that you know, your job is on the line, but that's part of being a coordinator in the National Football League, Andy. That's part of it. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that first answer, though, that, you know, it, it almost sounds like an excuse for the beginning of the season. You would think that your scouting staff, your internal staff, would know the strengths and weaknesses of younger, new players right out of the gate. Now, I, I, I understand there is an instant, you know, it's not instant pudding, right? And, and you had them all off season. Yeah, and so that's why it's just kind of like, so they were taken aback a little bit by the inefficiency of the players that they have put on, on defense this year? I, that's what I read out of that when he said that in the beginning, and I was just like, "Man, that's just uh, that's just excuse making. You got to know your players, right? I can see if you brought in a free agent safety 
in week 17 who if, never played for you that you didn't understand that. If you brought in Reggie Ragland in the middle of the season, exactly. you had no idea. But by the way, Ragland's looked pretty good sure since has. he's played. So yeah. what does that say about – I mean, I, maybe that's based on individual. I just To me, it sounds like an excuse. You know, I, th- I forget even – and I apologize to whoever asked the question. Might have been Petra, I, uh, but I apologize. It was yesterday to Kevin Stefanski, was it not? And it was about Reggie Ragland, and he said, you know, he's a lot bigger than all of the other linebackers you have. Does that change the team's philosophy when looking at linebackers? Because he's played pretty well. And I thought, um, big linebacker, step up, stop, run. Hmm. Is that a coincidence? Is that like snap ball, put ball down, kick with foot, put ball in air through? Little linebacker, really fast, not able to stop run. Hmm. I just something to think about. What'd you think about the other part, the second question? I, well, I thought, I I think this big picture, I, and I understand. I think Joe Wood said what was completely the truth. I haven't heard anything. We'll sit down and talk at the end of the season. Right, we do every year. Fact, right? That that's just, just a, a fact. fact. That's just a fact. But I, I think this. I don't think this defense made progress this year. I think it regressed because going into this season, fifth in total yards given up last year, right? And so they've dropped in that category. They're giving up about the same number of points, but the league isn't scoring quite as many, so they've dropped a little bit in that category as well. Why did you regress? Was it because you didn't do a good job or was it because you weren't given the type of talent you needed and the type of talent to improve this defense. Andy, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, we we sat here and looked at the defensive tackles and thought, you're asking all of these guys, including Taven Bryan, who you brought in. Okay, Taven Bryan was a former first-round draft choice. Teams don't get rid of former first-round draft choices at positions like defensive tackle quickly unless you're not thrilled with them, which Jacksonville did with Bryan. Usually those guys stick around a while, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to point any fingers, should they be pointed at the front office? Or or did Joe Woods not get out of the defensive tackles what the front office thought he should? It's a good point. I'm just I'm looking at some numbers here, Jeff. It's surprising to me that when you look at yards per game, how close the AFC North is. Like okay, so the Browns, uh, the uh, the Ravens give up the most yards per game on defense. Everybody thinks they have a really good defense. I I like their defense. It's only they, so they're they're averaging three hundred twenty eight yards. Is this right? Three twenty eight yards game. Okay, I'm just making sure. Then we're three thirty one. The Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's also three thirty one, and then Cincinnati's right after them at three thirty two. It just shows what one or two or yeah. three plays can make a difference. When you're talking, and it's just, you know, the Browns are 11th, the Ravens are 10th, uh, the Steelers are 11, 13, and 14. So. Let's hear, uh, we, we've recorded some of what Joe Wood said earlier. He was asked if this season was the biggest challenge that he's faced.
Okay. Does that coincide with Deshaun? No, but he doesn't play defense. Yeah, I know. I don't know what. And, and I mean, here's we, the other you thing: you can't wait till week thank, eleven thank to play you. better. I like. Thank I don't. You. That's it. Thank you. I, no one. I don't. I'm sorry. I mean, I understand what he's saying. I'm not disagreeing with what he's saying. You get 17 unique opportunities, Andy, to win games. <laughs> that's their words, not ours. I know. I know. I love I, those. Yeah, I, I don't know. How you, oh, we're significantly better since week eleven. I, hey, how about if you were significantly better from since week seven? You'd be in the playoffs. How about week three. I'll even give you seven. I'll give you eight. How about Jeff? week two when the Jets did the unthinkable? Well, who says that? Oh, we're significantly better since week 11. Huh? We've been really good since week 15. These last two games have been I got to tell you, in week 19, oh, we were so good. So good. Just like at the 19th hole, we kill it there, too. One last thought here. If Joe Woods wishes he had done anything different this season. The Browns. Right, wait, hang on, hang on. Go ahead. I wish I could have done. What did he say? There was a part there where I'm pressure. Like, he was talk, talking. He wanted about more pressure, pressure, right? Well, you're the defensive coordinator. Why didn't you dial it up? I, yeah, I don't understand. Like, is Kevin Stefanski telling him no? Is the front office telling him not to do stuff? You're the defensive court. Is he not calling the defensive plays on Sundays? I'm not trying. I. I I don't want any. I, I never want to see anybody get fired. But man, that doesn't make any sense to me. If he had control, can we play that one more time? Because if he had control of the defense and he said, "I wish we would have done that," then he's telling you that there's a communication problem between the head coach, the defensive coordinator, or whoever's making the calls. I'm not doing that pressure. Why? Like, why not? You're the defensive coordinator. Do it. Brown's 24th in the NFL, tied with 33 sacks, and way behind, you know, the team leader, which is Philadelphia, and they're way ahead of everybody else. One more comment we have from Joe Woods, and I guess he was flat out asked, "Will he be back as defensive coordinator?" I'm sorry, man. That stinks. To have to sit there and answer questions about your job like that. I, I, I'm i just straight looking at a guy sitting there being asked about his gig. That that stinks. I, I, the problem is I, I think I, that's become a, a norm in the NFL. That's yeah, what, I agree with you, Jeff. I don't think that, they, hey, do you think you should be coming back next year? I don't know if that's the right. Of course, better answer yes every time, right? 
I don't know how you say anything know. other. I don't know. You know, they asked me if I should be the head coach, and I looked around at the guys, and nobody well, nobody looked back at me and said I should be the head coach. So I, I guess, you know, maybe it wasn't time for good old Mike Holmgren not to be the head coach. I'm like, come on, man. And Joe Woods is right. They were better in year number two defensively. I thought they were on the cusp of being really good. Yeah. And I they didn't get there, obviously, and, and I think they regressed. But I, I will say, I don't think he was given the right guys to work with in aspects of his defense. The so defense, that might answer the, what he said about pressure. About not, maybe. If you don't think – if he think – like, I almost wish he would have said I didn't have the right guys to run the pressure defense I really wanted to. That I could live with. That you know, sense. just just think about a defense, okay? And I have I have my hands up to look at Andy like he doesn't know this already. Yeah. If if you have your defensive tackles right here, Andy. Oh, I thought you were praying okay? over me. Okay, well, I kind of am. And you have your your ends here, and your ends come in with a rush from the outside. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to run right up the middle. Yeah, that's how that works. I, I know. So, I mean, it, it couldn't be much more basic. And I just, I thought, let, let's put it this way. This front office drafted a defensive end or defensive tackle who was inactive down the stretch when Joe Wood said the defense got better. Sorry, Tommy Togia. He was given to Joe Woods to use. They made him inactive, and the defense got better. I'm just—I'm not saying that's the reason why, but timing's not coincidental, there, is it? And you bring in guys that you were, you know, picking up. Hey, maybe this guy can play. And so I—and I'm not defending Joe Woods. I don't think they advanced. I think they regressed. Andy's right. You don't wait till week 11 to get better. But Joe might not be the only guilty party here. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 